Welcome back for another episode of The Break Room. I'm your host, Morgan Hensley, and I am thrilled to announce that this is the first episode of our Physician Voices series. These candid Q&As empower doctors to share their stories, insights, and hopes for the future of healthcare. We're kicking things off with Dr. Amber Leslie, an internist at Texas Healthcare in Fort Worth and a member of Privia Medical Group, North Texas, where she serves as the Assistant Medical Director for Value-Based Programs, as well as the Quality Medical Director for the Medicare Advantage Program, roles that she has held since 2014. Outside of these roles and her practice, Dr. Leslie enjoys traveling, gardening, spending time with family and friends, and Broadway musicals. Our conversation explores creative solutions to combat excessive administrative work, the value of cultivating physician leadership and engagement, the importance and impact of autonomy on the doctor-patient relationship, and much more. And with that, let's start the show. Dr. Leslie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today to share your perspective with myself and our listeners I'd like to start this episode, and the series, really, by asking, what led you to independent practice? Well, first off, Morgan, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. When I finished residency, I decided to look for a job as a hospitalist. Um, Didn't really know a lot about the business of medicine. And as I started interviewing with different groups, I I realized, especially as a hospitalist, I think I, I felt like kind of a cog in a wheel that myself as an individual maybe didn't matter so much to the hospitals. Uh, They kind of needed a warm body to fill the role. And I also noticed that I met with a lot of administrators, so business leaders in the healthcare organizations, and it was only later that I would get to meet the doctors. And there was a lot of disconnect between what the administrators were telling me and then what I was hearing from some of the physicians. And as luck would have it, I got in contact with Texas Healthcare, which is now Privia Medical Group North Texas, who were just starting up a hospitalist program. They had one physician and I got in touch with our physician liaison at the time. And he very quickly put me in touch with the physician. So almost from the beginning, my communication was with another physician and the physician that I would be joining in practice. And at our first meeting, it was lovely. I got to meet his wife and they're just wonderful people. And he made the comment that even though he's a hospitalist, he functioned as the primary care doctor in the hospital. So he would introduce himself to patients when he met them. And he'd say, you know, hello, Mrs. Smith, I'm Dr. Martinez. I work with your primary care doctor and I'm gonna be taking care of you in their stead while you're here in the hospital. And that really resonated with me. I actually almost took another job. Uh, <laughs> As, as one of these cogs in the wheel, uh, just because it seemed like a safer choice for me. It was a little scary to be coming straight out of residency and joining a single physician practice where I would be taking call every other night for two different hospitals. But the impact of his approach to the way he cared for patients in the hospital was something that just really resonated with my vision of how healthcare should be and that I as a hospitalist would want to function when I was taking care of those patients. I also really liked the fact that even though I could start as a hospitalist with the group, there was opportunity for me to move into an outpatient practice, which is exactly what I did about six years later. I I feel like the hospitalist role is definitely a young person's game. And by that time, I had a couple of kids 
my husband had a busy orthopedic hand surgery practice and having an outpatient practice that was a little bit more under my control uh, was definitely better for that phase of my life. And, and really that transition was very seamless because of the nature of Texas healthcare and my role within it. So I was able to join a very well-respected group. They were very accommodating and really just was able to build my outpatient practice and and still sort of have that autonomy so that I could arrange my schedule to take care of my family and to prioritize the things that were important to me. Yeah. Wonderfully said, Dr. Leslie. I love your story about finding an organization with physicians who aligned with your vision of patient-focused, patient-centered care. The doctor-patient relationship is truly the heart of healthcare. I mean, study after study confirms uh, the impact of this relationship on health outcomes. And it's this dynamic that elevates medicine from a career to a calling. One obstacle, though, to nurturing this relationship is excessive administrative work. What are some of the most frustrating types of administrative burden? And what steps did you take to offload uh, much of this workload so you can focus more time and attention on patient care? Great question. And, you know, that's still a work in progress. I feel as things change in healthcare, I feel like we're always having to reevaluate and adapt our processes. So I'm an internist. So primary care has always been a passion of mine. And so that physician patient relationship is extremely important to me. That's a a huge reason why I chose this field and maintaining that relationship is so important. I think that is the, or should be, maybe it's not always the driving force with healthcare. That relationship really has to stay at the core of what we do as physicians. And really we need to work to protect the sanctity of that relationship, honestly. When it comes to the administrative burden, it definitely detracts from that relationship. And it's almost like you can get um, sidetracked or distracted by just the mountains of administrative tasks that sort of end up in our laps a lot of times as physicians. Sometimes I think there there is opportunity to offload that. I think sometimes it's just the nature of, of healthcare right now that there there is more administrative tasks that we are going to have to deal with. In my personal experience, there's a couple of different layers that I think have helped. Again, still very much a work in progress. Some of that is is developing office procedures and protocols to allow decision trees so that my office staff, my medical assistants, and my nurse practitioner are authorized to make decisions on simple things like protocols for medication refills and how to handle work-in visits and requests for referrals and things like that so that many of those tedious tasks don't even need to come to my attention. The other area that I have found really helpful is establishing good partnerships with other vendors in your area that can help offload some of the burden. One example of this, there's a group in our area, and I think they are located across the country as well. I know they're expanding, that basically provides urgent care services to patients at home. And this has been really important for our capitated patients, especially like Medicare Advantage patients, where we do bear some of the financial burden of the cost of their care. 
So it's important, not just from a patient care standpoint, but for from a financial standpoint, that we really do everything that we can to minimize their utilization of the ER and the hospital. You know, if it's appropriate, they'll refer the patient to the emergency room. But that's really helped me avoid ER utilization on several of my patients. And it's just a great resource because I can't do it all. You know, I'm not here 24-7 to meet everyone's needs, despite our best efforts. Uh, and so just having that to expand the access to patient care is wonderful. And it, it really has enhanced the care that we are able to provide to our patients. There's, uh, there's so much that's awesome about what you just said. Uh, uh, one aspect that really resonated is how those two solutions not only reduced admin work, but also enhanced the patient experience and outcomes. The other aspect is that you leveraged and balanced both autonomy by empowering your care team and collaboration uh, by working with the vendor. There's often a tension between the two, but one way to ensure autonomy and collaboration complement rather than conflict with each other is through culture. Given the massive changes happening and still to come in healthcare, uh, as you noted, it's important to foster a culture of physician engagement to help navigate the growing pains that come with those, uh, those changes. How important is culture to you uh, as a doctor? And how can empowering physician leaders build a culture that prioritizes collaboration without sacrificing what makes every provider and practice unique? Well, first of all, culture is extremely important to me. You know, just being able to sort of lead by example, being able to create that culture and to reward the behaviors that we want to see within our staff and our patients, honestly, you know, medication adherence, working on their lifestyle changes and things like that. Culture is, is huge at being able to foster those meaningful changes. I think within the physician group where autonomy is important, I think it goes back to that physician patient relationship. I think you've got to maintain that proximity to that relationship. I think the farther away you're removed from that exam room where the conversations are happening about what's going on with the patient and the decision-making that's happening by the physician, the further you get from that, the harder it's going to be to impact the care for that patient. And so I think autonomy for the physician is very important because oftentimes we know what the patient needs, but many times we're not able to get it to them. Prescription drugs, you know, especially the ones that aren't generic and the cost related to that. Or sometimes the patient's issue isn't even medical at all. It's a social issue or a financial issue. And so as physicians, the more autonomy we have to be able to make those changes and to make decisions within our own practice that can directly impact that patient at the time of care, uh, the more satisfied we're going to be, we're going to feel like we have more control, and we're going to be able to share that and to improve the care of our patients much more effectively than if we were completely powerless. Within a group, I think autonomy is important, but I definitely think you've got to have that physician leadership 
as part of the group because without the physician leadership again you're further removed from that relationship that's happening in the exam room and so you're less able to actually impact the care of the patients that you serve uh one example that we saw in our market of the value of having the physician autonomy having the physician leadership and then being in a group that has a lot more flexibility than a lot of these healthcare systems and hospital systems was at the beginning of covid and I think there's probably a lot of examples from around the Privia universe where groups were able to implement things that really help their patients. But for us here in North Texas, we had just launched a lab and pivoted pretty quickly after the beginning of the pandemic to offering drive-through testing. And we were one of the first, if not the first in our area that was able to offer drive-through COVID testing. And that was a game changer for our patients. There was so much uncertainty, so much fear not knowing if you should bring someone into the office, not knowing what kind of risk you were taking for yourself or for your staff, you know, but trying to provide the ongoing care that everyone needed outside of the pandemic. Um, so that was huge. And if we hadn't had the structure that we have, we wouldn't have been able to provide that. And I really think that that helped me keep my doors open. So it helped keep that revenue flow coming in. It also helped me continue to provide care for our patients. You know, we didn't miss a beat when it came to screenings. So Things like mammogram screenings, colonoscopies, you know, patients getting the surgeries that they needed because we were able to get them tested and we were able to get those test results quickly. And that was just the, that's just the power of a group like ours with the physician leadership because we could pivot quickly and provided what was needed for our offices and our patients. Mm, your response perfectly illustrates the power and potential of driving both autonomy and collaboration one word that really stood out was proximity. The organizations that succeed will be the ones that elevate physician leaders to offer their invaluable expert frontline perspectives. And partnering with these physician-led organizations can uh, in turn enable private practices growth, which is critical nowadays given the American Medical Association's data on the declining rates of, of practice ownership. So how can a partnership's investments, uh, resources, and empowerment help private practices grow uh, and flourish? I think one of the most important pieces of private practice that I've seen to help me do my job as a physician is just pooling our resources to be able to offload some of those administrative tasks like we talked about before you know, the tedious things, you know, reporting is one really big thing. Um, I mentioned that we have a large Medicare Advantage population. And so those reports that we get are really important in order to help us take better care of our patients and make sure that they're getting their screenings like they need to, that they're taking their medications, you know, that they're controlling their diabetes and their blood pressure, et cetera. So those reports are important, but what happens a lot of times, no matter how well, you try to structure a computer to spit out a report at you with meaningful data. There are always, always problems. You know, I think maybe someday before I retire, that will be fixed, but you can't get rid of the human component that really has to go into that before you deliver that to the physicians, right? I think a lot of what contributes to burnout among physicians is a lot of the um, administrivia, as some people will call it. You know, the the, the tedious stuff that we didn't sign up for. I mean, that's not why we went into medicine. But as groups, we can solve for that, right? 
we have people that can help us sort of vet these reports and really clean them up and get that information into the hands of the physicians where it's actionable. And so instead of taking a report that has 50 patients on it and half of them are inaccurate, we can really wean it down to the 20 that really need the action. And so it's meaningful and impactful and something that provides value to the physicians. That's one thing that we've seen in our group is, again, going back to a work in progress, it's not perfect. Uh, And we're trying to get the data side better, but also recognizing that you can't eliminate the human component that has to go into really making these things what they need to be in order to be useful to the offices. You know, it's funny that inevitable human element is responsible for some of healthcare's biggest hurdles, uh, as well as greatest joys, uh, namely the doctor-patient relationship, as we were saying uh, just a little earlier. I'd like to stick with this theme around the benefits of a supportive, physician-focused partnership. You touched on the -the behind-the-scenes help to simplify reporting and trim administrivia, uh, a word I love, by the way. Now, uh, for my last question, can you please tell me about a time when this partnership actively empowered physicians to problem solve, equipped them with the necessary tools and resources, and enabled them to lead and to try something new to better serve patients? You know, when we talk about physician leadership and we talk about physician autonomy, my husband's practice is a great example of how a group like Privia North Texas and the flexibility that they provide really enhance a physician practice and the care that's provided to patients. So my husband is an orthopedic trained hand surgeon and he, I recruited him to Texas healthcare. Um, I, I, you know what, I'm still expecting my big finder's fee kind of thing, but you know, maybe that'll come one day. Uh, but you know, so he's, he's been part of the group for a long time, just like I have. And he's really impressive because he's very innovative uh, and has seen in, in the course of his training and then his career that there's a better way to provide hand surgery. And so because he's part of a group like Privia, he's been able to sort of problem solve for himself uh, on a lot of things. And the, the things that he's, that he's doing right now that's really impressive is he's offering in-office hand surgery for certain conditions, things like carpal tunnel, cubital tunnel, trigger fingers, and that kind of thing, and is working to get contracts with payers that end up saving the patient money, they save the insurer money, and they reimburse the physician more. Patients have better outcomes. They don't require general anesthesia. They can drive themselves, so there's less time off work. And it's just a win-win-win. And if it weren't for Privia, he wouldn't be able to do what he's doing. Just a little anecdote about how this actually impacts patient care. So I was seeing a patient, she actually came to me for a pre-op and she was scheduled to have her trigger fingers released. And I don't know what else, uh, at another facility. And she chose the other facility because it was close to where her daughter was. So her daughter was a physician, was going to have to take off work to take her to get her surgery done. So she's there in my office for a pre-op. And I said, I think my husband could just do your surgery today. You know, you don't have to be in PO with the technique that he uses and your daughter won't have to take off work. She was ecstatic. I mean, she came in for a pre-op appointment and she left with her surgery complete. (laughs) 
you know, so I don't know of any other scenario where we could have made that happen for her. And so it's just those kinds of things get me really excited about the nature of our practice and just the potential. If every specialty could figure out how they you know, could take a, a handful of diagnoses and do them in the office and provide this level of care, I just I just feel like there'd be no stopping us. Wow, that's a win, 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 win for everyone. There was no downside. I I just, I don't know. It just makes me so happy because there's just not very many things in medicine where you're like, I know what you need. And mm-hmm. if you come down the hall with me, we can take care of it. I mean, like that, that's the joy of, of doctoring, right? There, yeah. We just, we don't get that very often. <laughs> that, that is truly awesome. Your husband had a vision uh, and then a partnership that allowed him to actualize that vision. Those are the types of mutually beneficial ideas that will truly move healthcare forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, again, I'm just excited about with what he's done, how, how can we take that and apply it to other areas of healthcare? How can we build on that success? I, I, I'm excited to see what the future holds in that regard. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited as well, very much so. And as those exciting developments unfold, I'd love to have you back on the podcast. But for now, Dr. Leslie, I'd just like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me, to share your stories and insights, and kick off the Physician Voices series. Really, thank you so, so much. Well, thank you too, Morgan. I had a great time with you today. And thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in to The Break Room today. You can find content by our guests, as well as many other physicians and healthcare industry thought leaders on Informed, the blog by Privia Health. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and blog to stay up to date on all things healthcare. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will see you next time for another episode of The Break Room. So stay tuned.